You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God for his purpose, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. Authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin. Hey, that's us. Hey, it is. We're going to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Listen in on real life conversations with the experts about real issues parents face today and learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world. If you're ready to handle life with grace because you've been in the presence of God, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, teachers, writers, speakers, moms, and lovers of all things cozy, comfortable, and coffee-related, Brooke and Erin. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 26 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate your support in leaving a review of our show on iTunes. These help other people find the Million Praying Moms podcast, and they encourage us to keep going. So just click review, select ratings and reviews, and write a review, and then let us know what you love about the podcast. Thanks so much for that. We love your reviews. Okay, guys, they are so encouraging to us as we're spending time um, trying to bring you guys hope and, and you know information that is just fantastic. Hearing from you makes such a big difference. And if you do leave a review, you might just hear us read it out loud here on the podcast. MJ2317, I'm telling you what, these names on on iTunes are so good. MJ2317 recently shared, this ministry has been such a blessing for me, raising three children in today's world. The podcast has the most helpful topics and advice to raise godly children. I love how their philosophy anchors to the importance of prayer and making it our first choice instead of our last resort. That's exactly what we're trying to help you do. Thank you so much, MJ2317. We're grateful for you too. So if you guys haven't already, go take just a minute to leave your review right away and then listen for us to read it on air. Okay, Erin, let's move on to the topic for today, grumblebees. Uh, Grumblebees? (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm not sure I know what that is. (laughs) Yes, grumblebees. Okay, that's what one of my favorite children's books called Children Who Complained and Had Trouble Getting Along. I used to read it to my kids like multiple times a day in hopes that the message of the book would sink in. And did that work? (laughs) Okay. Well, let's just say that they're now 12 and 14, and I am still really looking forward to hearing from our guests today on the subject. Uh, Yeah, me too. Trisha Goyer is the award-winning author of more than 70 books, wow, including one on the topic we're addressing today called The Grumble Free Year, 12 Months, 11 Family Members, and One Impossible Goal. I love that title so much. She's a homeschooling mom of 10 children and a grandmother of four, and we can't wait to hear her share about this grand adventure her family took to focus on not grumbling or complaining for one entire year. Trisha, welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself and your family. Well, thank you so much, Brooke and Erin. I love being here. Yeah, we have a lot of people in our house. Um, John and I have been married almost 30 years, and we have 10 kids, 
three are grown and out of the house. Seven are still in the house. And also my 90-year-old grandma lives with us. So she's always bringing some spice to our life too. I love seeing what grandma's up to. Like I, I love seeing what everybody's up to, but she always has fun. You're always showing fun things that she's up to as well. I know. She is a character. <laughs> I love That's that. Very fun. So great. Well, Trisha, you're not a stranger on the show. This is um, this is at least your second time back with us, and so um, we keep bringing you back because you're just full of wisdom, and you're like one of the most prolific writers that I know. So, guys, <laughs> Trisha has a wealth of of information out there for you, especially for moms. And I know we're just very excited. We know you're going to love her. So let's dive right into our topic today by having you share a bit about what led you to write that book. So, but like even more than that, what was the experience of your home at the time that made you decide something had to change? Yeah, that is such a good question. And you know, we have dealt with a lot of um, anger and outbursts and trauma issues because we've adopted seven kids, six of them from foster care. And so we, we went through a lot of counseling. We got through a lot of that where we weren't having huge angry outbursts in the day. But then overall, our home, there was just like this tension, this grumbling, everyone complaining about everybody else because there's a lot of people in our house. Plus, we homeschool. So all day long, we're all together. And it's just the complaining about who she's sitting too close to me or she's touching me or she's looking at me or he's doing this. And it was a lot. Um, then my husband and I, we went on a road trip. I was speaking in Seattle, Washington, and we decided, well, instead of me flying, let's drive and take our family. So from Little Rock to Seattle is is 2,000 miles, over 2,000 miles. By the time we got there in the car with everyone, I don't want to eat McDonald's. I want Burger King. I mean, all the way, there was something people were grumbling about. John and I had been talking about doing this, but we said, this is the time. We need to talk to our kids. And so here we are in this restaurant, sitting around the table. And we said, okay, this trip has been very hard. There's been a lot of grumbling and there's a lot of complaining. And we want to have a challenge. And we said, you know, why don't we try to go a year without grumbling? And before they could respond, we said, but if you work really hard, not, we don't expect you to be perfect, but if you work really hard, we will, we will reward you with some type of family trip or a cruise or something. Because this is worth putting the attention to, but we know it's going to be a lot of work. And some kids were like, yay. Some kids were like, there is no way this is going to happen. <laughs> and there was some in the middle like, well, what are we going to do? And uh, one of my daughters is like, um, are you going to write about it? Or is there going to be a book about it? And I said, yeah, we, we might do a book. And she's like, is a author going to follow us around our house? And I said, uh, I, I kind of am an author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's me, guys. It's like, totally, that's like, me. I'm just totally mom. They don't even think anything of it. Uh, they just um, wanted a reality TV show just, or something. They, they wanted a reality <laughs> TV show. Um, but we started with that trip just talking about, you know, we, we, we started with actually the Israelites. Like, they were in the desert. They, God had promised them a lot. He had just freed them from slavery and they were grumbling and complaining and they didn't get the promised land. God says, because of your grumbling and complaining, you will not enter into my rest. It wasn't from all these other sins that they were doing. It was their grumbling and complaining. And we started talking about that. And on that trip, we started to notice some change, but really when we got home, memorizing scripture, praying together, digging in, that's when the change really started to happen. Okay, so I love that a road trip was kind of your breaking point because I yeah. think we can all relate with that. Like, you know, that's a lot of togetherness, even compared to 
you normally have a lot of togetherness because of homeschooling, but road tripping is a whole nother form of togetherness. And I think we can all relate with that. Um, okay. So you call the decision to go grumble free, a decision to move out of survival mode and into unity and growth mode, which I think that is incredibly inspiring and will appeal to a lot of our listeners. Unity and growth sounds a lot better than survival, right? I mean, come on. We all want this for our families. So how did you define what this would look like for your family? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing we do is we talked about what is grumbling and it actually comes from an old French word from a long time ago. This like muttering between your teeth is like the definition of it. But we said, it's just not muttering. It's just not complaining. It's also eye rolling. It's also heavily sighing. It's also slamming the cupboard when you're supposed to be cleaning the kitchen. So when I sat down and everyone's like, oh, well, I do this and I do this. And actually they got excited about finding their grumbling styles. And so this was like totally impromptu. I got out a whiteboard and we wrote down, you know, mom um, gripes. This is the one that came up with me. Someone so complains. Someone so rolls her eyes. And first, first just understanding ourselves. And we made it a point. This is not to point out when other people are grumbling because I knew if we just started doing that, everyone would be grumbling about everybody else. It is to help catch ourselves, help make changes in ourselves. And so um, really the, when we talk about unity, it's not picking at each other, but it is like understanding our own weaknesses and then discovering ways to change. So the first thing I did is when people didn't grumble, like if I said, can you get me a pencil? And they said, okay. I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. You didn't grumble. I mean, even stuff that they normally wouldn't grumble about, I just made them aware of good responses. And pretty soon they started catching themselves with the negative responses and started doing more positive responses. I mean, not that we were perfect. I mean, this took months and months of working on, but really when we look at ourselves and we look at the changes we need to make instead of pointing fault, that does bring unity because everyone is working on their own heart, their own attitude, um, instead of their, their words separating them. I love that you included yourself in that. And that like when you guys were listing, you know, what, what ways do we grumble or complain that you allowed your children to say, this is what it looks like for mom too. And I would assume, you know, for dad. And um, yeah. I think sometimes it's really important to our kids when we're changing something that we include ourselves because all too often we, we come at our kids from like this above them perspective and we're like wagging our finger at them and you have to do this and you have to do this. But I think it probably increased your success rate that you submitted yourself to the same rules and same thing as well. Did you find that that was well received by them? Absolutely. Well, first I started like, let's do this. Let's do that. All these doing things. And pretty soon I realized like, I need to look at my own heart because I was grumbling about a lot of things, mostly from um, unrealistic expectations. And so, you know, we've, we've adopted seven kids like in the last five years. So that's a lot of noise, a lot of mess. And I expected to be able to clean the house and stay clean. I expected that everyone would just do what I say and it wasn't happening. And I over and over again would have to come to them and say, I was grumbling. I was complaining about stuff. Um, you know, I would even the, you know, directing them to do stuff, I would be too sharp with my voice. And I'm like, this is not good. And I apologized over and over again. And it really made me realize how much I was doing it. And when I was able to start controlling myself and being more thankful, then their attitudes were better too. It's amazing how we totally bring the peace in the home, the attitude in our home, or the grumbling in our home. Like whatever right. we're doing, the kids tend to follow. Yeah, and they do. 
they just jumped in. And once I started being more thankful and apologizing, they're like, it's okay, mom, I know you're working at it. It really did put us all at the same level. It wasn't like me directing them. It was like, guys, I'm struggling with this too. I'm so sorry. I just was griping at you this morning about your mess. <laughs> yeah, I, I really resonated with that because we've, we've talked a little bit here and there, but I'm an Enneagram seven, which is usually like fun loving. Let's do this, you know, spontaneous and all that. When I get stressed out, I became, I become very rigid and perfectionist and, um, and I put those expectations on my kids and I can tell that that's how it comes out in me is like Brooke said that finger wagging or that griping on every little thing that everybody else is doing. And I really have to check myself for unrealistic expectations in the middle of a busy school week or just getting back from a trip or, um, you know, when, when dad has to work late or something like that, that's when I tend to get in that mode. And this is a really good heart check on knowing that that's what grumbling looks like for me. It's more of the griping on every little thing and that it comes from feeling stressed and having expectations that are not realistic for that situation. I love that whole idea of identifying everybody's grumbling styles because it really is so different from person to person. Yeah, and just even um, recognizing like when you're most prone to grumble or when different kids, like some kids, when they get hungry, they start grumbling and griping. It's like, here's a granola That's bar. Me and too. It's all. <laughs> yep, I can relate for, to that. Yeah, for me on Fridays, because we homeschool all week. So then by Friday, all the mess builds up. And then on Thursday night is our teen mom support group. So I'm usually gone. So I'm not here like straightening up and cleaning up. So by Friday morning, I wake up and the house is a disaster. And I'm tired because it's been a long week. And that's when I'm like, okay, this needs to change. This is who thought it was okay to leave where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was okay. We were going along. But by Friday, so I just realized like even now I'm like, it's Friday the house is going to be a mess, but I can control my attitude. I can be thankful that we have a house, that we have dishes, that even though they're dirty in the sink and just doing that attitude change and being aware of certain times for myself and for others can really help me stop myself and prepare to have a good attitude when normally I would have a bad attitude. I love that. So I'm thinking of like all the busy moms that are listening right now and, and certainly you would qualify as a busy mom. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna <laughs> gonna try to say that that you live a life that's really all that different as far as busyness as, as they do. You may be busier than they are. Um, but I'm thinking about that busy mom right now that is looking at this and going, I don't even know, like, when do I even have time to sit down and make a list of the things that I want to um, contribute or, or I, I want to, you know, focus on like, how, were there things about your all schedule or activities um, or your, your, your rhythms as a family that had to change maybe things you had to give up or things you had to add in in order to give yourself the space to make this a priority? Cause I'm, I'm thinking about our lives and how busy we are. And I'm thinking there would have to be some things that would change for us to be able to focus on this. What did that look like for your family? Yeah, for us, um, we really try hard to keep white space in our family. So our kids only do one activity at a time. Um, and we try to maybe only do one activity per year. So that's super important. And also, um, we, do we do Bible time in the morning. If, if we don't get anything else done, if the house isn't clean, if math doesn't get done that day or whatever, um, we make time to sit down and read the Bible and it has to be a priority. And I realized like, because I have three adult kids, 
um, I realize how huge that is in their lives now. Like they're all of a sudden not going to graduate from high school, go to college and realize like, oh, I need a time where I could sit down and read my Bible. Like we need to instill that in our family now. And yeah, we are busy. I'm, you know, I'm writing, sometimes I'm traveling for speaking, all these things. And in the midst of like, I think we cannot take on one other thing. We actually had an experience, which because we're doing this and it's like a social experiment, we're kind of seeing what's going to happen during the year. We don't know what's coming. But during that year on Thanksgiving, my grandma fell and broke her back. And so here we are busy enough. Now I'm dealing with doctor's appointments. She's hospitalized for five days. So I'm running up to the hospital and um, we bring her home and I'm having to get up like five times a night because she has dementia. She doesn't remember that her back is broken. We have to put an alarm by her bed because she keeps trying to get out of bed when she can't. And then we have um, a therapist visiting and all these people taking care of her. And so I think like my life is already full, add this in. But then even then I realized there was more that we can cut out. Like for a while I didn't go to our teen mom support group. And for a while my kids didn't go to activities because we just needed to work together and take care of grandma. And what we discovered was when it was like a crisis time in our lives, our kids started jumping in. They started helping more. They started going in and taking stuff to grandma. Grandma, do you need this? Um, and also it was, I remember one homeschooling day we were sitting there and, you know, we're just trying to get something done and our, and our homeschool room is right next to her bedroom. And here she is. She can't get out of bed. She has a back brace on half the time. She doesn't remember her back is broken. Um, she doesn't know what's going on, but she's in there praising Jesus. And I just remember in that moment telling the kids, look at that. Like we complain and grumble about you're sitting too close to me or we don't have any more cheese for our tacos or whatever we're grumbling about. And she has a broken back and is hurting and she's just praising God. And that was like a moment that was such a huge thing. Stuff can always be cut from our lives. Like things that we think are vital. When we have a crisis, we realize they're not that vital. So I think we just need to look at our schedules and be realistic about that. But then also the little things that we grumble about, like we can just be praising God. And my grandma became a Christian when I was in second grade. Um, so I remember like pre, <laughs> a little bit of pre-grandma to afterwards. And afterwards, like she, every day she'd read her Bible. I'd hear her in the kitchen singing praises. And she had hardwired praise into her mind and heart. So she was in her 40s when she became a Christian. And yet still, when she is 90, she just turned 90, when she is 90, when she's in pain, when she's confused, all she knows is to praise Jesus. And it was just a reminder, like, we could either grumble or we can praise God. And whatever we do over and over again, that's what we're going to default to in our lives when things go wrong. And it was a huge just wake up point. Like, first of all, we can clear a schedule. We can do less. But also we can praise even when things are hard or even just about the silly things that we want to grumble about, we can turn and thank God for something instead. Yeah. Um, I, your book comes out today as we're releasing this podcast, I got to read an early copy of it. And one of my favorite things was, um, that you included all the real life stuff that happened that came in when you were, um, when you were going through this grumble for a year, because a lot of people would be like, okay, my grandma broke her back. We're taking care of her. This is all on pause. We'll try this again another year or something like that. And to me, reading all of that in the book and how the grumble free year continued through all the challenges that happened was really powerful to me because it was like, this is real life. We don't get to put it on pause to try a grumble free year. It's like, <laughs> you're trying to do a grumble free year 
through whatever life throws at you. And, and I, I think I wrote this in my endorsement of it. It's like, I love that real life factor because to me, that's even more encouraging than someone who wrote it and was like, and it just went magically perfectly and <laughs> everything was sunshine and rainbows because I'd be like, okay, but that's not how my real life goes. And I, I appreciated that honesty and that living it out in hard times, um, all of that out in the book. And I think, I think our listeners will as well, like to know that you're an author, you've written a ton of books and you look like superwoman and super mom because you're raising all these kids and everything. And you're writing a book about not grumbling and you had challenges you had to overcome and you included them for us to see this is how God worked through that and how our family handled that. And, and the fact that you could see the heart change in your kids in helping when things got tough. I mean, that's, that's really inspiring. And I love the focus on gratitude. Like you, what you were saying just now about your grandma and praising Jesus, even when, you know, she's laying there with a broken back. The goal of this whole thing was a, to develop hearts of gratitude, right? Which is not an yeah. easy task when you're dealing with all of those things, especially. How did you measure whether or not you were achieving your goals of the getting hearts of gratitude? You know, and it's hard because there's some months I'm like, we are not changing. This book is going to be a failure. This is <laughs> a failure. Like, I cannot believe this. Well, and that's grumbling right there. I mean, <laughs> that. Um, but about halfway through, I remember just going through and looking at kind of, because I took notes all the way through, like, okay, we were doing this before. Like, every time I told specific kids to go do their chores, there would be grumbling. And so then I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe she's grumbling once a week, but I really see a change. And so it really took me stopping halfway through. I'm like, okay, I do see a change here. And okay, like we are moving in a right direction here, but maybe we could do this more. So like one of the things with my daughters with the chores, um, I realized like I would always say, okay, you need to wipe out the sink or you need to, but you need to vacuum this better. I was always, again, grumbling, picking at what they're doing wrong. And one, one of my kids said, why didn't you thank us once in a while? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And so I started just really praising them. So I'd walk in and one of my daughters, she was like wiping off the counter. And I just said, you are doing a great job wiping off the counter. Like the rest of the kitchen is still clean. There's, I mean, dirty, there's dishes piled up. But I said, that piece of counter is like sparkling. And all of a sudden she like gets, you know, tilts her head and you can see she's getting a little excited. And then she wipes off everything really good. And then she goes and does the dishes really good. And she was the one that grumbled the most when she had to do her chore. And because I praised her and like, oh my goodness, I went afterwards and praised her. Every time she does it, I praise her. Now she's the one not that not only does it without asking, she does it better than anyone else because I took the time to be like, wow, you are really maturing in the way you are learning to clean the kitchen. And so once I would see a little bit of change, like I could see she's not grumbling, then let's turn it not only do I want her to be grateful, but I need to learn to be grateful too. Mm -hmm. And so as we're going through the year, when I would see something changing, it was just like, oh, I'm going to jump on this and work on it. And kind of the, the moment that I realized like, okay, this has made a difference. We were doing this, uh, we went to build a bear and we were in line for 10 hours waiting to get bears. It was the day I you, followed that. Yeah, oh, I, I was word. following you yeah. on social media that day, your updates of waiting in line. Cause wasn't it like pay your age or something? Pay your like age, that? pay your yes. age. So I'm like, Oh, cause you know, they're like $30. I mean, yes. and so we're like, Oh, you know, we could totally have an eight year old and a nine year old. Like, let's do this. Well, <laughs> 
I thought it'd take like two hours, like realistically. I'm like, it's okay. You know, we, I didn't take any snacks. Like, and we were, I was passing out my debit card to my oldest one that was always going and buying food. And, you know, five hours in, I'm like, guys, I will go to Walmart and buy you any bear you want. Let's <laughs> just leave us blind. And they're, they had, when they were having a blast, they were like looking at stuff in the mall. They were playing with other kids in line. Like they, but by the time we got near the end, we'd been there nine hours by this point and we get to the line like to the door they're only laying 15 people in at a time we're at the threshold and I could see it was like nine o'clock at night and I could see the employees talking to the security people and they're on radios and I'm like oh no and so I'm like I could just tell like the kids are just looking at the bears and all excited and so I asked one of the security guards like are we going to be able to get in because I can just see on their faces they're you know there's a huge line behind me still they're looking at everyone and they said ma'am the mall has to close in an hour we have to get all these people through um everyone will be able to get a bear but we can't stuff them and my kids heard this and they're like what we've been waiting and in the moment when we were doing that i thought grumble free like because <laughs> all of everyone's like grumbling like just let us in stop at the people behind us and you know so i'm like guys it wouldn't be fair if they let us in and not them but what have we been working on we've been working on not grumbling and when do we grumble when we're tired when we're hungry, when we're exhausted, this is our chance to turn it around. I said, let's be thankful. We are here. We're going to get the first ones to get flat bears. This is the best day ever. you got snacks all day. And in that moment, I mean, there's still like dried tears on their face. But they're like, yeah, best day ever. And even on the way home, we made a video in the van, like showing on Facebook, everyone are flat bears. And this is the best day ever. And that was like, probably 10 months in and I knew like that is a big change because if it hadn't been if we hadn't been working on it if we hadn't been working on our heart if I hadn't been making them aware like we grumble when we're hungry we grumble when we're tired it would have been complete meltdown and like it would have been drama <laughs> in front of Build-A-Bear but I realized I'm like okay even though there's some weeks it didn't seem like anything's changing there are some months when I thought like okay this is not working at all over time when we're memorizing scripture and praying together and working on these things it did make a difference in the long run I love that so let's let's talk right there for just a second and you've shared some things already but what are some of the best long-term fruit that you've seen from focusing intentionally on being grumble free in your family yeah I think one of the things is just like letting us all talk about our weaknesses and that God is there to help us. So, you know, I said, guys, God's not asking us to do this alone. Like he tells us not to grumble, um, but he gives us his spirit. And I talked about, you know, anything, whether it's grumbling or being angry or not having patience, we can pray and ask God's spirit. Um, you know, that love, joy, peace, patience, all of those, that comes from God. Like we don't have to manufacture that themselves. And so later, like we pray in the morning around the table and for other things, I would hear them saying, and give me your spirit and help me with this. And I'm like, okay, because we're working on grumbling, they could apply that to every other part of their lives. And they're going to need that like for their whole life. I mean, hopefully when they're 40 and dealing with something, they can remember build a bear and remember, okay, I'm tired and exhausted. I don't need to grumble right now, but just, and, and that God can help me in this moment. And so just, just depending on his spirit and teaching my kids to do that will just change their lives. That is so powerful. And I'm thinking of that right now, like that whole dependence on the spirit in the moment, whatever you're dealing with is huge for our kids because, you know, I, I've talked to my kids recently about whether they pray ever during the day mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh, I don't know. Like, 
they're just busy about going about their day and doing school and keeping up with everything and trying to not be late to class and whatever. And um, that was a good opening conversation for us. But it's okay to also just tell them like, it's okay to say, give me your spirit. You know, like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like, yeah. stop now and pray and whatever you're doing at school. But you can do those little things where, you know, you're dealing with frustration in a class or you're dealing with a friend who's being, you know, mean or something like that. Give me your spirit, Lord, is a simple thing to remember that's really powerful for whatever they need. They don't yeah. even have to know I need this right now. It's just whatever, whatever I need right now, Lord, can you give that to me to help me through well, that? I would that's say, I would powerful. say too, I do that as a mom as well. Like, you know, with a high schooler, um, coming home and telling me about, you know, things that I maybe wish he hadn't seen in school or whatever. There are, there have been a lot of times when I have just absorbed what he was telling me. And in my mind, just in the moment said, Lord, give me your spirit. Lord, give me the right words, you know, because I don't have them in and of myself. And there are times when I just don't have the answer. So I think that's a great example of that. And we can do that as moms too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Trisha, as you know, our mission here at Million Praying Moms is to help parents make prayer their first and best response to parenting. So if our listeners are struggling with grumbling and complaining in their homes, what do they need to be praying? Uh, Other than give me your spirit. Like <laughs> we just, we we just said that. that. <laughs> um, and I think um, for me, it was show me, Lord, how I can change. Like show me how I can depend on you more. Show me how to respond to my child. Like all the things, like so when I started, I thought I had this list of activities we do, blah, blah, blah. None of those things worked. But when I got asked God to like, show me how to change myself, show me how to guide my kids, that, that he brought ideas to mind. He brought Build-A-Bear. I mean, who would have ever prayed to stand in line for 10 hours, but it showed us like that God can be with us and that we can have an attitude change. So when we ask him to change us and show us how we can help our kids, it, he will do it. He will be faithful in that. I love that so much. So we always really like to wrap up our shows by asking our guests to share one verse or passage that they're currently praying for their children. So Trisha, what's currently on your prayer list for the kiddos in your home? Yeah, I've um, been praying Matthew twenty two thirty seven, And it's just, um, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And you know, I have adult kids, and I have kids in college, and I have kids that I'm homeschooling, and I've been especially praying for their minds, that they will um, know the difference between truth and lies, between light and darkness, between what the world says is right and what um, God says is right. And you know, there's so many today. There's so much input coming into their minds, whether from YouTube or whether from friends or whether from music, and that God will just help them to separate that that truth from the lies um, because it's hard whether, I mean, some of my kids are parenting and some of my kids are going on college campus campuses um, secular campuses and that are being taught. I want them to just be able to decipher truth. And that's really what I've been praying. That's beautiful. Yeah. Trisha, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, we love having you on the show. Um, your book releases today. So Yay. tell our <laughs> listeners where they can learn more about that and about you. Wonderful. Yeah, we have um, the website is thegrumblefreeyear.com and it's information about the book. There's some fun little things there that they can download. 
And then also um, just Trisha Goyer. I'm on you know Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all those places. And then my website is just trishagoyer.com. Awesome. We are, we are excited for other families to pick up that book and take on this journey. I know when I read it, I was like, oh, God, I feel like we should do this, but it's kind of scary. But <laughs> if you read Trisha's book, you won't, be so, you won't be so scared to give it a try. That's right. <laughs> Awesome. All right. That's it for today, friends. As always, you can find any specifics from our show in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com, including a link to Trisha's book, Releasing Today, The Grumble-Free Year, 12 Months, 11 Family Members, and One Impossible Goal. Tune in next week for another episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.